Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 135 in Edmonton. Well, this show moved a little quicker than we thought it was going to, so now we're going to need some help from you. You can text us at 630-630 on our Heartland 4 text line. We even have time to open up the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. That number again, 780-496-0063. Um, so what happens now moving forward for the Oilers? Because it has been quiet so far. I think that's fair. Again, a report out of Los Angeles today says that the Kings are quote-unquote kicking tires on Yessa Pugliarvi. And I, I, it's interesting because Todd McClellan is there as head coach. Um, and a lot of people blame Todd for the lack of traction that Yessa Pugliarvi gained. Uh, I would say that the Oilers invested a lot of time with Yessa Pugliarvi. I know Manny Viveros spent a lot of time with him, a lot of time this past, really right from the start of the year. Um, and it's interesting. I believe there was more there with Pugliarvi than we've seen. Okay? I'll be the first to admit to that. I don't know how a guy who is seen as a consensus top three pick in the 2016 draft hasn't, in this day and age, you know, how a guy like that doesn't gain more traction. I, I'm perplexed by that. That is a strange one to me. But he hasn't. It didn't happen for Yakupov. Either. Now, is there something part of with Edmonton? There's been some changeover, different situations. Uh, I would say both Yakupov and Pulyarvi, a little bit stubborn as players, and sometimes that plays a factor in it. That said, there has to be absolutely the organization has to accept some of the responsibility for the lack of traction. Uh, in Yakupov's case, he washed out with three NHL teams. Went from Edmonton to St. Louis to Colorado. Never really claimed it. Had a good initial year with Ralph Kruger. In Paul Yarvey's case, up and down. Maybe he shouldn't have been over in North America the first year, but you can guarantee the agent wanted him here to make the money. So, again, I think that uh, the organization has to accept some of the responsibility. Not all of it, though. It's a little bit on the player's suit. Now, conversely, people... Look back, just for fun, go watch the 2014 NHL draft. Just You can do it on YouTube. Buffalo Sabres picking Sam uh, Reinhardt over Leon Dreisaitl. Did anybody think Dreisaitl would turn out to be a 50-goal, 100-point guy in that draft year? So the organization has to accept some criticism in the case of a guy like Paul Yarvey, but perhaps get credited a bit in the development of Leon Dreisaitl. 
most of which, though, is on Leon Dreisaitl. All right, we'll open up the phone line, 780-496-0063. Here's, oh, wait a sec here. i got to deselect this, go out of this, go back to this. we got Brian on line one. Brian, sorry to keep you waiting. How are you doing? No, I'm doing great. I have a huge question, as long as you promise not to laugh too hard at me. Okay. So, uh, so my big thing is, is as a extremely poor uh, Edmonton Oilers fan, I was just saying to your cohort there, it would be really awesome if they turned around and had like, a, you know, even during the middle of the season or something, you know, a fan appreciation, uh, you know, day where they could turn around and offer a very inexpensive day to come and watch a maybe low-tier game that doesn't draw as many fans. And, you know, I've been a fan since I was knee-high to a grasshopper, but at the same time, I'm poor. And uh, the only time I get to go to a game is long and short if a ticket's given to me or I scrimp and save or someone buys me a ticket for a gift. But I'm just going to leave that with you because you're a great guy. I love listening to you. I love the Oilers. And I just would love to see something where, you know, maybe they kind of pushed a little bit towards the middle class instead of the upper middle class or the rich season ticket holders. And I'll let you go from there and run with that, sir. All right. Uh, first of all, Brian, there would be a lot of debate as to whether or not I'm actually a good guy. Uh, certainly in my household, there's no debate. That question has been answered long ago. <laughs> you can text us at 630-630. The situation is what it is. There's different pricing models for different scenarios, right? So uh, I know this year, have they launched officially the the, 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 the flex packs? Those they, I know we did a... Uh, video for it about a week ago. I think there's 10 different ones where you can get four or five game packs and you can buy in that way. Um, I don't think you ever want to get in a position where you start discounting tickets uh, on a game by game. I, I will give you a scenario. Did you hear the story, Brendan, about this this Cyber Monday sale for tickets that took place during the season? They cut like 40% off or something or 20%. I don't even know what the percentage was. It got brought up when I, when I in the session that I was at with Bob Nicholson, uh, where we had Stu McDonald there and um, a couple other people from the Oilers organization, and people were the season seat holders. Now these are full year season seat holders. They were not happy that there was one night where or, or Monday night games where there was a significant reduction in the price point on the tickets. So, and let's remember, there's also a uh, way for you, you know, fans can resell their tickets. And that is often the best way to buy tickets. At the t- and that's part of the reason why there was frustration from the season seat holders, was that for a lot of them, maybe they can go to 25 games a year. But when the team's struggling the way the owners have over the last two years, it devalued their, their price point on their resale ability. Right, and there was some exasperation with that. That's the mess. One of the common themes and messages that I heard. So, no, uh, to answer your question, Brian, I don't see the Oilers organization just sitting there one game. Well, this game we're playing Columbus on a Monday night, so it's going to be fifty percent off for tickets for this game. So this is your opportunity. I, I just, I don't see that happening. Um, I know that there was a. Uh, Event, a couple events held, and Tom M. Selmy was at uh, a press conference and then a season uh, seed holder event as well. And uh, I don't have the exact numbers in terms of what the renewals are at, 
but absolutely there would be appreciation and recognition for the challenge that's currently in the marketplace, both from the Alberta economy, but also because of the lack of performance of the hockey team. Ironically enough, for the purposes of this show, the lack of the performance of the hockey team does not hurt it that much. It actually, when you're sky high and going good, it helps out a radio talk show that's about a, a hockey club. And when your team's floundering, it tends to, to bring us. So the fans care so much here. We haven't got to the point where people don't care, where they become ambivalent about the situation. And for the Oilers' sake, they got to ensure that does, that doesn't happen. I think that's one of the reasons why uh, Bob Nicholson went out and brought in Ken Holland, a very experienced general manager. Let's go to our uh, text line. You can text us at 6.30, 6.30. Oh, too bad the elites got mad that us serfs got a crumb. Thought Edmonton was all about socialism. Help us out. That comes to us from Topher. Well, I don't... Social, like, is Edmonton a, considered a, a hub of socialism? Is that is that correct? Or did the two provincial somewhat conservative parties or moderate parties split the vote that allowed the NDP to uh, retain a bunch of seats? Or am I out of my mail here? You can text us at 630-630. Tweet us at Oilers Now. Uh, email us, OilersNow at 630Chad.com. Brian in Calgary says, Bob, perhaps Yassi and Nail are uh, elite junior players. They both thought they were head and shoulders above the other drafted players of that era, but were, uh, weren't really. Personally, I thought both were out of their depth in North America and needed more seasoning in the American Hockey League. Well, Nail Yakupov never got any seasoning in the AHL. Uh, Paul Yarby had some. And there you go. Again, you can text us at 630, 630. <laughs> Season seats should only be sweets and loads only. The rest should be free for all. Yeah, I, I don't see that kind of happening. Uh, Lancer the Rancher out of Red Deer. Bob, why not buy out Sam Gagne? Would have saved $2 million. Like the guy, but he's uh, at best a 12-13 guy, easily replaced by a league minimum player, and that have two extra million to land a Zingle or Johansson-level free agent. Uh, well, Sam's got a year left in his deal. I, I Like, you know, Sam's going to get pushed here, and we'll see where he ends up, okay, on, on the lineup. That's what I would say to that. I don't think the orders are in on Zingle. It's my own personal impression. I still can't believe I heard that today, that five times five is what he turned down in Ottawa. That is uh, crazy. Uh, Bob, curious to your thoughts on former Edmonton Oiler Jordan Eberle's contract. Do you think he took a discount to stay in New York from Stephen? You know, I thought he might actually go to free agency. I think that was a very good read by the Eberle camp. And I think it was a pretty fair contract for the New York Islanders. Like, he's kind of a, you know, 20 to 25 goals, 50 to 60-point player, and that's a $5 million-plus-dollar-a-year player. And people are going to say, Stoffer, you just said you couldn't believe that Zingle turned down 5 times 5 That's right. He scored 50 goals over the last two years. I can't believe he turned down 5 times 5 Text us at 630 Tweet us at Oilers Now. Email us, OilersNow at 630Chad.com. Boy, we're having a lot of people out there with... Uh, oh, there's some there, there's some solid text coming in. 
Dave says, hey, Bob, uh, how is Toronto going to sign Marner after signing CC and Kerfoot today? Could Edmonton price someone loose there, say Kerfoot for Brodziak plus a prospect and, uh, and or a draft pick? Kerfoot's at $3.5 million on a four-year deal. He got a good term. <clears throat> I don't know if that'd be the guy I'd go after. I would have gone after Janssen or Kapanen if it would have been me. We will take a time out. Uh, this is Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you along with Brendan Escott and Dayton Abbott. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. 50 years, that's right, 50 years. Edmonton owned and operated Royal Pizza, pizza pasta, and so much more. For menu and locations, visit royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The Stoffer recommendation, the Mediterranean chicken. You know, if you're going to sell something, you got to do it in under 30 seconds. Okay? Just letting you know. That's the way it works. All right. To this day in Oilers history, back in 2006, I remember this well. Because it occurred in a time in which there were some things going on with the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club. And I will explain that momentarily. What do you got, Brendan Escott? Yeah, back in 2006, Bob, the Oilers signed Marty Reasoner to a two-year contract extension coming off a career-high 34-point season in which he was traded from Edmonton to Boston on March 9th for Sergei Samsonov. Uh, he did play two more years at Edmonton, coming back after that cup run, and then he signed in Atlanta as a free agent, did Marty Reasoner. Now, what did you do yesterday for the State Oilers history since I was not here? The Chris Pronger Yes, trade. okay. So on that morning, I received a... Uh, text from an individual to call him. Uh, he was out in the shoe swaps. Uh, anyhow, that was at a time the Oilers had gone to the Stanley Cup final and lost, obviously, in seven games to the Carolina Hurricanes. And uh, there was a little bit of an exodus. And obviously, Chris Pronger was the big one. And the great lesson in that, Brendan, is all throughout the course of February and March, I was getting emails because nobody texts back then. I was getting emails to Total Sports and the other station. That's uh, Speck and myself had that show at that time. And uh, long story short, this one guy kept emailing telling me that Chris Pronger was going to request a trade at the end of the season, that he knew Pronger. And, of course, what do you think I did with that information? I'm like, no. He just signed a five-year contract with the orders just over six million bucks i think it was 6.25 is the 31.25 he's not gonna request to leave in his first year especially on a team that went to the stanley cup final well uh i was wrong the orders also traded for yaroslav spashek that year and he neglected to uh the orders provided him the opportunity to come back in 2006 there was one guy who, uh, one agent who wanted to capitalize on the Oilers' misfortune, which was rather ironic given the fact that that time that he was based in Edmonton. Um, his name was not Mar uh, Jerry Johansson. Jerry would never do that. But uh, it was a, a pretty interesting time. So when Reasoner re-signed, and uh, Pisani and Rolison signed on June 30th of 2006, and then Reasoner re-signing on July 4th. I mean, it was seen as somewhat of a positive uh, for Edmonton, but they did lose Pronger, and he was an absolutely critical part of their success. I mean, he was the best player the team had from the time that Mark Messier was traded slash sold to the New York Rangers to the time that Edmonton got Taylor Hall. Is that fair? I mean, Taylor Hall was a all-star caliber player in Edmonton. 
should have been an all-star, just members of the Professional Hockey Writers Association neglected to realize what position Alexander Ovechkin played and voted him in, in two different spots. So, anyhow, uh, interesting times, to say the least. You can text us at 6.30, 6.30. Bob, you couldn't sell a Mediterranean chicken to me, but thanks for the tip, though. Sebastian, I can't read your text. How true. Uh... Bob, it's Dan. I'm out of Edmonton. I'm satisfied with all the moves Ken Holland has made. I still think something else is in his back pocket. I'm really happy that he's not uh, bowing to Yessa Poliarvi's agent, as I truly feel he's the one leading Yessa down the garden path. Uh, the guy that wants to uh, move Gagne, leave Gagne right where he is. Uh, if he wants to be here for one and can still add some value to the team, I listen to people run Everly out of town and always said, be careful of what you wish for. Still think Lucic is going to turn this around, so call me a complete fool. Thanks a lot. And he adds, great show. Well, thank you for that. Um... Okay, a couple things there. Definitely the agency has to accept part of the responsibility for the breakdown of the relationship. Yes, Pugliarvi and the owners, since they're the ones that are asking for the change of address. Sam Gagne, if Sam Gagne is a swing guy in the bottom six of the lineup, that's probably going to be a sign that the team's, you know, got a little bit of depth, I hope. Uh, in terms of running Jordan Everly out of town, I don't think the fans really ran Jordan Everly out of town. I, I got to tell you that. Um Jeff Petrie, Tom Pody, fans were hard on those guys. Some media guys were hard on those guys. Justin Schultz, I don't think was run out of town. I just think that Justin Schultz was completely exasperated by the situation himself. And that's what happens when you have too much turnover. Maybe some unfair pressure on him from the beginning. You know, he also played with Nick Schultz and Andrew Ference. And if we could have gotten those two guys in their prime in Edmonton, I think Justin Schultz would have been much better off. But instead, both players were in the, uh, you know, basically a year or two removed from retiring in the game. So, and uh, if Andrew Ference were listening to the show right now or Nick Schultz were listening to the show right now, they both say the same thing, that though Justin had some problems and he was a rookie, when he uh, came up, or an inexperienced defenseman, that they were also not the same guys they once were in their prime, which made it really challenge. Which is part of the problem with slotting guys ahead of where you, you need, you know, where you need to play them. I think the hope was certainly in the case with Ferris that the Oilers thought he'd be a second pairing guy. Did not come to fruition. Tomorrow could be an interesting day in Toronto. We'll have two voices from Toronto on tomorrow's show. Elliot Friedman from Hockey Night in Canada, his final appearance for River Creek Resort Casino, and James Myrtle from The Athletic. We're also going to discuss which Canadian team you dislike the most. Calgary, Vancouver, Toronto, or Montreal? Up next, news weather traffic updates with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 Afternoon News guest hosts. Brad Whisker and Morgan Black. So long, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.